I hate this fan. It looks like I'm a little like, it looks like it's like a little helicopter above my head. Looks like a little hat. It's me. It's- Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it does look like one. It it doesn't look bad. <clears throat> I uh, I didn't notice until you told me. It's fine. It is what it is. Yeah, I think so. I love a little accessory. <laughs> I have my little purse in the back. You know what? I love it. <laughs> this is uh, this is Yquim unfiltered. This is breaking news <laughs> from Yquim here to deliver global emergency. It's an emergency episode. It is truly an emergency episode. Hence um, why we're recording in the daylight, which we never do. Which I, listen, I'm so happy. I'm so excited. I've never been, I've never been happier. I've truly, it doesn't look it, but I truly have never been happier. If, if for this reason alone that we've recorded in daylight, um, for other reasons, I have never been more devastated. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm. I feel like we say this all the time, but like when the news broke yesterday, there was a sense of shock, and then immediate grief, and then just exhaustion. Because yes, I'm just not sure what the next step is. Like where where the path forward is from here. And I I don't mean to sound pe- pessimistic. I think I'm just like trying to untangle and understand like what this means for the future hi friends my name is nadine and my name is sadani and welcome to you know what i mean is like don't let this like don't let this get you down like try to not let your anger and sadness turn into hopelessness but I think it's really difficult to do that I think it's very hard not to let it turn to hopelessness because it feels like for any one step we have taken forward as like a global nation we inevitably take what feels like a hundred steps back. And it's not like they're in different, you know, it's not like they're like different facets. It's like in one area, in one social issue, if we take a step forward, we are like, there's pushback of a hundred steps. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's hopeless. It's also like, tiring but you have to be tireless in the work you do yeah which feels impossible like I think I think like for anybody who does any sort of talking about social like justice causes or like Mm -hmm. specifically women's rights issues it is a it feels like a hopeless battle. Mm-hmm. It feels like a hopeless, like what's that saying? It's like up shit creek without a paddle. Like that's how it feels. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I never under, like I, I will never understand why. 
And it's the same thing when we talk about like other social justice issues too, like trans rights or LGBTQ rights or, um, or racism or anything, because I, I inherently find it difficult to believe that there are people in this world who actively and proactively continue to want to oppress and marginalize and take advantage of. Yeah. And I don't understand. I, I don't, I don't understand. Sorry. I've like literally been talking this whole time, but it's just, I'm like, I think I'm trying to like come to terms with it and like trying to like understand and maybe understand isn't the right word, but like when the news came of like when the news came yesterday of Roe v. Wade being overturned, I cannot truly, I do not know how to understand that there is somebody out there who thinks that that is in the best interest of women. But they're not working in the best interest of women. Exactly, exactly. But but then that begs the question, like, why would you actively try to take away choice from women? Because I cannot fathom that a human being exists in the world that is so what? What, what is it? Insecure? Is it that like that's our that's our fucking favorite? <laughs> it's always, it's always insecurity. <laughs> Actually, I just got really fired up. It's always. It's always- but truly like what is it what is it is it insecurity Mm -hmm. is it is it power it's 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 all of them but I cannot understand that somebody puts those things above like just people I think what's the most shocking I mean like the last especially in the era of Trump people have started to question and, and doubt the system and how it works and rightfully so and I think what's the most shocking about this is it's coming from the Supreme Court, which is supposed to be like, like gods on earth. Okay. For like a literal lack of a better word, but they set the precedence for the law. And so when you say something like we're gonna, or when you do something like overturn a, a a precedence that's been that's been rooted for over 50 years what does that say about the legitimacy of the legal system in the states and what does that say going forward about how we're going to be treating laws that have been in place for years and years like are we just going to delegitimize everything now are we going to like it feels like the structure is collapsing and that's not to say that the structure ever was yeah that like, was it was always a broken system but it almost feels like it's all coming down and then when you were saying like you're that you're giving the analogy of like paddling upstream without a paddle it I it felt to me like we were running a marathon and they just like got rid of the finish line so we're just in a never-ending race not knowing when the race will end or where this light is that literally is what it feels like it feels like they're just always pushing it forward for people who have been fighting for this for so long yeah and i it's one thing that is is a natural response but people then want to disengage from like the political system and yes 
I can I can totally understand and empathize with that but like we're kind of at a point where we don't have a, yeah. an option like that's again like we've talked about this on this podcast to, to disengage from political discussion or com- like conversation or um, action is is a privilege and of so course. we need to be bolstering people in office or encouraging people to run. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like so many things that you said, like, I feel like the, you know, the idea of like the system is broken. It's broken because it is so strong for a specific amount of people. It's broken because it is very, it's specifically built to support and to keep a specific subset of people in power. Yeah. And it's really difficult because when people think about the law, they mm-hmm. think about it as this like objective purveyor of truth. Yes. And I think it's something that has been always been known, which is why studies like critical race theory exist. But it is abundantly evident if it was not before to you, it is now that it is not and it's very much a it it's used like it's supposed to be objective but really what it is is subjective right because it really is up to at the end of the day the people that are interpreting it and how they interpret it interpret it and how they use it and while there should be like one understanding of it that's just not how it is. And like, I, I think what's so hard too about people like, or not people like, but like institutions like the Supreme Court, for example, mm-hmm. is that the people that were put in power were done by like we can never look at law. We can never look at anything as objective when the people that are put in power are done by people who want to maintain their power and who yeah. who will put people in those positions in order to preserve and maintain their own power. Right. I.e. Trump was the one who was like electing or not electing, but Trump was the one who was designating people into Supreme Court. Yeah. And they are the justices that then not all but some of them are the justices that then overturned voted to overturn both of them voted to overturn both Kavanaugh and Amy Comey Barrett Amy Coney Barrett uh voted to overturn and that but that that's like we were talking about this yesterday I called Tarini and I was like what how are you feeling like this is really overwhelming um and when when we were talking, I was saying that it's it's so crazy to me how much damage one person in a position of power can do. Like we talk, we've talked a lot about Trump both on the podcast and off. And obviously, like you can anticipate the danger that he would have on like on a global scale. Yeah. But it's something completely different when you actually witness the impact of his actions. The sustained impact of him being in power. Like right. the continual and continuous and sustained impact of him being in power. And this was something that I was saying to you yesterday too. Like 
I feel like issues of, I mean, people would argue, but what do they not argue about? But women's rights, I feel like, and specifically abortion rights and the right to autonomy over your own body is an issue that I feel like supersedes political parties. It's not up to, and it shouldn't be. And the fact that it is, is problematic in and of its very self. Yeah. Women's rights, human rights, autonomy over a woman's body or anybody's, anybody, anybody, and the access to abortion and healthcare. I don't, like, it, it, it just cannot be that Republican people and women and men and people have not needed to get an abortion. Like, I, and that's the thing that I'm like, I just don't understand. I don't, but like that TikTok sound that's like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I truly, I do not. Because it's not <clears throat> about like, it's literally not about like a, it is, but it's not about like a political issue. It's not like, how do you think we should spend the taxpayers dollars, which it is because we'll get to that later because of like the funding of social services, blah, blah, blah. But it, it like, I don't understand how at a core, this is a political issue. It is. And personal is political as I think it was Audrey Lord that said, but I'm just, or bell hooks. I'm just saying, do you know what I mean? I do. I do. I do. I do understand. Like it's, um, it's certain things should not be political. Like healthcare should not be political safety should not be political like don't even it's I know. it's ironic that at the same time that the um roe v wade was overturned that the supreme court also voted on the right for people to carry a gun yeah. it just like it doesn't <clears throat> the math like once more it's ain't mathing it doesn't make any sense but you know this, I know this, it's not about, it actually has nothing to do with women rights, has nothing to do with, you know, people, people who uh, can physically birth a child, it has nothing to do with their rights, it has everything to do with money, and everything to do with maintaining the status quo, which is the power of white men. It has, when you uh, get rid of abortion, you are forcing people to work day to day to take care of their families. You are basically enslaving them to a paycheck. You are not providing adequate jobs or health care, which keeps them imprisoned in or the system that you've support. created. Like, let's not even think about the any fact type that of there support. Is a formula shortage at the same time. Yes, this was that Roe v. Wade was overturned. Yeah, you. But then at the like, it's all intersectional like it's all intersectional I saw this um video from Trevor Noah I think he is so brilliant and like it's I think it's a combination of he has an amazing writing staff but also he is a very good presenter like he has really good comedic timing yeah like he's super charismatic and witty so the lot like his message he can really deliver what the writers will write for him but he was talking about he's like you know what's interesting like these conservatives are pro-life until 
Yes, exactly. The kids grow up and it has to do with climate change. They're pro-life until it comes to gun safety in their schools. They're pro-life until it has to do with children, child poverty, which by the way is now going to increase. Absolutely. And you're pro-life until it has to do with providing um, an adequate minimum wage so that people can actually support their kids. You're pro-life until you have to provide right. child care. You're pro-life until you have to provide adequate housing. You're pro-life right. until you have to provide adequate fooding, fooding, food, <laughs> fooding, eating food. And you're, it's it like saying it out loud. Like it's so like, it sounds so stupid, literally partially because I said fooding, but also because <laughs> it just sounds stupid to like have to break it down to that level. But that's like, but that's what it is because they like pump it up with all of this nonsense and like they throw in religion into it. Yes. But it has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with yeah. like, it's, that's just a vessel to maintain power. Absolutely. And I think like <laughs> when we talk about pro-life, it's like, Pro whose life? Because marginalized communities are going to absolutely to be further hurt and disenfranchised. Yes, when this came to be, like when Roe v. Wade yeah. returned, and so pro whose life? Literally, the America, the land of the free for whomst? Yeah, for, for whomst? For please, we're still. We- <laughs> I'd love for to who? We would love to know, and and I think too, like it's just. Like it's it's funny because I can't, I'm not gonna remember his name right now, but Justice whatever his name was, who actually cherry picked. You said it best. Like he cherry picked. Oh my, <laughs> uh, Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas, and he like picked the specific yeah like issues that he wanted to address. Um, and I it's he he's a black man, and I I find it very like difficult when racial we've like talked about this offline and in different settings but I find it very difficult when it's like racialized men or women or people who are particularly conservative Mm -hmm. and I think it's like we like we've talked about this it's a many different things of like internalized racism whatever but yeah I I'm always like who do you think how do you think you got to this position of power? Because black people were not, were, were slaves, <laughs> were enslaved in North yeah. America. And black people didn't have the right to vote. Black women didn't have the right to vote until very recently. Mm-hmm. In when we take a look at history, that for you, for a black man to then turn around and and overturn Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade, and all of like the other things that are coming, like same-sex marriage, like contraception, biracial marriage, yeah. which is by the way what he cherry picked out. Yes, exactly. Because bi- biracial marriage and everything that you just listed is now at risk. So yeah. Now that Roe v. Wade has been has been overturned, and I have this struggle because I don't want to put the brunt of this on him as a black man, because of course he is still a black man who mm-hmm. is working within these systems. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm like, 
I'm like, but you're doing it. Like you're really out here doing it. You're doing the most harm. And I don't know how you think you got here. It was on the backs of marginalized people. It was on the backs of this very same people that you are now trying to keep under your foot, literally. (laughs) The idea of like, it's, it's not about religion. It's, it's absolutely not about religion. You are absolutely right. It's a vessel that is used um, and and deployed and employed as like this Trojan horse. Mm-hmm. But what's so, I think, more frustrating is that at least, I don't know, I'm not going to say like all Democrats or all liberal, whatever, but like, I feel like a large majority of the Democratic Party, I'd like to think, would fight for every single person to be able to practice whatever religion they wanted to the nth degree that they wanted it. I know I would. I I know you would. I know that I would fight to ensure that every person, truly every single person, would be able to practice their religion in whatever way, shape, or form without any sort of discrimination, harassment, anything. So to to kind of like flip that around, mm-hmm. And be like, yes, I fight for fight for me to be able to um, practice my religion because I am now then going to take that religion and use it to enforce whatever it is upon you. It's yeah. like, no, no, I didn't fight for you to be able to take the religion and turn it on me. I fought so that I could believe whatever I wanted and you could believe whatever you wanted and both would be able to exist peacefully and safely but they don't they don't that's but not they don't. that's not the that's not their vibe that's, that's, not, not, the, that's vibe. not the vibe the yeah, vibe no. is we're gonna maintain these systems of, of the vibe is handmaid's tale the fuck it's like people say this and you know like in the beginning it was it not that it was a joke. People were joking about this, but people are like, damn, like this is becoming like the handmade yeah. stuff. And now it is like, now yeah. it's no, now it's like a reality. And I think like you brought up the democratic party, I th- like the democratic party is not. No, it's not. They're, they are, they are complacent. Absolutely. And they are not, they are not to not be blamed for this happening. Right. And and the reason they are complacent is because they, there are so many seats, whether in, we'll call it in Congress, that are taken up by people that, I'm sorry, are so fucking old and outdated <laughs> yeah. that they are just holding on to the seat of power and they are blocking a new person coming in who might be progressive who might actually be more in tune with what their community is looking for and so like the the maintaining of like systems of power apply to both parties it's not just a republican thing it's a democratic thing absolutely and these are the same people that will also vote to confirm justices like for example senator manchin he um he is a Democrat from West Virginia. If you heard about him in the news, he blocks a lot of Biden's uh, yeah. infrastructure plans and anything that the Biden administration is trying to pass or anything that the Democratic Party is trying to do. He actually voted yes to confirm 
both of the justices that Trump put forward and is now in the Supreme Court and has gone back after this, after Roe v. Wade was overturned and was like, oh, I'm surprised. I thought that they would protect it. It's so funny because when the draft was leaked that they were going to overturn, um, the Senate moved quickly to try to pass protection on abortion rights. And he actually voted no. So there are people yeah. in the Democratic Party that have got to go. Like, the, like truly, the math, math ain't, ain't nothing. nothing. Like, they've got to go. Um, we need more progressive people in the party and in office. Yeah. And I like, to me, that's the only, it's not the only path forward because, of course, we need to continue to support advocacy groups and, and volunteer where we can, like, give our time and money where possible to people who are fighting for this. And it, it just, it's, it's not, um, it's not just a Republican problem. Like the Democrats are complacent in this. No, of course. And there are many people who vote Democrat who (laughs) will, would agree with this overturning. Like, Right. Like there are many people who who vote Democrat who are going to be like, yeah, actually, you know what? I don't think abortions should be safely accessed. And I think the scary part about it, we talked a lot about this when we talked about Trump, Mm -hmm. is how what happens in North America, what happens in the U.S. specifically, because of the way that they have been positioned as this global superpower. God only knows why. God, literally God, G.O.D. only knows why. They are positioned as this like be all end all. I don't know. This is the best marketing scheme that has ever existed because of proximity to whiteness and white supremacy. Yeah, absolutely. Because of colonization, because of capitalism. Yes. Yeah. It all comes back to capitalism. It all comes back to capitalism. Global affairs. Sorry. It all comes back to global affairs. (laughs) But, anyways, it has such a trickle down effect on the rest of the world. And it's really difficult for me to say this because I'm going to say it and it's going to sound like I'm like furthering a a narrative or a rhetoric that I don't mean to. And so I will say it and I'll explain it. There are other parts in the world that are much less, <laughs> that are much less progressive or that are much less free for a lack of a better word to say it. Mm-hmm. And Please, like, make no mistake, that has also been done very specifically and tactfully to continue to keep North America in power and to maintain white supremacy. (sighs) I'm like, there's so many thoughts. I like, I'm like, how do I even like get it out? What I'm trying to say is that when things like this happen in North America, it creates a very scary tidal wave across the world. And it essentially emboldens and like empowers these these people who like truly don't believe in like human rights and women's rights and, and, and abortion rights and, and whatever to come for, come out in droves. And like, that was a big part of like why Trump was so, was so harmful because it gave a face, it gave a platform to that type of hatred and thought and oppression Mm -hmm. and marginalization. Yes. And I think people in Canada are like, oh, but that's like in the US, like, no, no, like we're good. And it's like, no, we're not. Not only are we not good because oftentimes politics mirrors what happens in the States in Canada, Mm -hmm. we're also not 
okay, we are not good. In Ontario specifically, Doug Ford, trash bag of a human being, so sorry if he hears this, but also not because you are. And the like when people say, you know, we've talked about this before, that they are fiscally conservative or fiscally conservative and like socially liberal. I'm like, bitch, that doesn't fucking make any fucking sense. The mm. math ain't nothing. Truly, the math is not mathing because you cannot be. And abortion rights and healthcare rights and the access to safe abortions and safe healthcare in Canada, specifically in Ontario, is a perfect example of that because Doug Ford cuts funding that supports healthcare and social mm-hmm. services. And in doing so, reduces the access or the ability to get an abortion easily and safely. Mm-hmm. Hospitals, because of, of cuts, have actually cut down the amount of abortions they can give in a day, or they don't have an OBGYN in as many times as necessary in order to be able to maintain the amount of abortions that they would normally have allotted in a day. Yeah. So it just, and and that's like, you know, in, in Canada where we love to think that we are like the, like, like the wonderland, like it's like the U S is whatever. And then we're like the wonderland where like, where everything is good and nice and fun and racism doesn't exist and blah, blah, blah. And then it makes me really scared because there are other, unfortunately, places in the world, again, done very strategically through capitalism and white supremacy, where the rights of women are already at stake, not at stake because they are at stake all over the world, but are already so disadvantaged. They are already at a worse place if that even seems possible than they are in North America and specifically Canada or the U.S. That this truly, I feel like in, like, what's the word, exacerbates these issues in other parts of the world Mm -hmm. where America is looked at or Canada or the U.S. or North America, whatever, is looked at like a shining, like, hope it's like what we like aspire to be and if this is what we're aspiring to be this ain't it it's a no for me dog it's it's really important you know like when I first heard the news and I went through like all these stages of grief and shock but also at the same time I wasn't fully surprised um I also felt selfishly grateful that I was here in the sense that like my rights are not in any imminent danger, but that doesn't mean that they are not in danger. Like abortion, access to abortion care in Canada is first of all under constant threat because like you said, there are MPs who are anti-choice and these MPs aren't just in the conservative party. They're not in the extreme right-wing party. There are MPs in the Liberal Party who are actually anti-choice. And so it's really important that we keep that in mind because, to your point, when the states sneezes, we freaking feel like our ground shakes. If they blink, it goes dark here. Like, we just know every like everything that happens there eventually makes its way over here. And it's... Also important to note that abortion care in Canada is not equally accessible 
to everyone. Like everything you were saying, like that's not even including a marginal lens. You know, like when we talk about indigenous communities, they have no (laughs) access. They have like next to nothing access to abortion care. And if you need an abortion and you're in Canada, like it's, uh, I don't know how long the wait is, but probably too long to help you or support you so it's it's not like we can just sit and put our feet up and relax like it's just as threatening and important of an issue here yes absolutely and all of those issues of like you know needing to take time off from work like you know having sick days this was like a really big thing during like during not that we're out of the pandemic, but at the beginning of the pandemic, because sick days were cut. And that means that now, you know, if it is like disenfranchised, marginalized people from marginalized communities that need to get an abortion, they now have to take a sick day, which they likely don't even have. Yeah. They now have to miss pay. Yeah. In a whatever percent inflation we're even at right now. Okay. And then we're feeling it. We tried to buy the weekend tickets and those prices were inflated anyways. And we so- are going into a recession and this girl is going to charge us $350 oh, for like section 525L, which at first I thought was the roof. <laughs> You're like, so, in my house. You're like, even, even I, like, I take prices at face value. You know me, like I don't question <laughs> and I should. And I was like, no, <laughs> that feels off. Yeah. Yeah. So inflation is at an all time high for everything, everything. And so people are going to have to take time off from work. They're going to have to miss pay because Doug Ford cut sick days, mandatory sick days. Um, They're going to have to pay to take what a bus, an Uber, a taxi, some sort of public transit, or they're going to have to drive their car and gas is freaking expensive to go wait if they get an appointment, if they have <laughs> access to a hospital, like you said, there are like, where is the, like, where is readily available hospital medical care on reservation sites or reserves? And that's also not like, this isn't not even considering that now that abortion care is basically gone in the states you're we're gonna have a lot of americans crossing over and like understandably so to get an abortion here which is gonna push like that's just gonna cause even more of a bottleneck which will further impact marginalized communities so those that didn't had limited access will now have no access and let's also remember that our doug ford our dougie ford is trying to privatize healthcare. I literally yeah. not free oh, yes. people who are in Canada and Canadians and who benefit from freaking healthcare are like, yeah. I think healthcare should be privatized. I'm like, are you dumb? Don't answer the question because you already did. Why? Why on God's good earth would we want that? People, because, this yeah. is like, like yeah. we can dive into it, you know, further. Yeah. The argument is that the current system is not working because their like wait times are really long. Yeah. It takes a long time to see a doctor or a specialist and the care that you receive is not to like the st- standard quality that you would expect, which like, you know what, like fair. If yeah, I yeah. wanted to see a gut, speaking of like 
reproductive yeah. rights. If I wanted to see a gynecologist, it's a six month wait. Yeah. So it's, it's a bit crazy, but at the same time, that's because we are not pooling enough money into healthcare. We are defunding exactly. healthcare. We are reducing uh, like workers pay. So people are extremely understaffed, which means and that people are leaving and people are leaving. And there was such poor handling, such awful, yes. bad handling of the pandemic that people literally left in droves. Do you know that they want to be in the healthcare industry anymore? Yes, keep going. There's a doctor shortage right now in Canada. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, like, I wouldn't be surprised if but, but like acceptance rates in university are still at the rate that they were in pre-shortage. So Which, we're- It's all, all capitalism. I would just like to confirm in case we hadn't already, capitalism is the devil at play. Okay, thank you for coming. <laughs> so it's like, it's just- I think that's also what's adding to this exhaustion. It's like the solution is crystal clear. Crystal. She's crystal clear. Crystal. So, but I have to sit back. And I think, I, like, I remember saying this to you yesterday when we were talking about like needing to remove America from this global pedestal in which we all have to lead by example. Um, it, I am not comfortable sitting here and putting all my trust into people that I've never met before across the border to make a decision and elect someone who is not only in the best interest of their country, but in the rest of the world. Yeah. Like, I am not comfortable. And to like, you just feel so powerless. Like, I remember when my sisters yeah. who are American citizens were voting in the 2020 election. I've never been so on top of two people. Like I just, in terms of like, please, I want to see this ballot. I, I, I will personally deliver it if I have to. I want to see it go. Like it's, it's, you don't have any control and it's very frustrating. And I wish, I wish there's like less um, I, idolization of the states. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the, the idea of like the solution being so crystal clear is that people never like, people never like, <laughs> I hate that I'm going to say this, understand the economics of it all. Look no. at us, our econ degree. Um, but truly people never understand the economics of it or like right. why one sort of, not sort of, but like why all these different levers, like what it results in or like how, like the problem that we are seeing is because they continue to vote these people in power. Yep. Never mind the fact that if this, you know, we're talking specifically about abortion, abortion is not even, um, I mean, you can argue this is good and bad, is not even something that our politicians talk about. No. And it's good in that you can argue it's because it's not political, but knowing that it very well is yep. in our landscape, although I just argued it shouldn't be, we all know that it is. Why isn't it talked about? Why isn't it further discussed? Why isn't there a reassurance of how it's going to be handled? I'm waiting. I'm waiting, Dougie. TikTok. <laughs> yeah, but send Doug Ford. Doug Ford, it ain't it. People who it ain't. Doug Ford no. in for another four years, y'all are whack. Okay. 
<laughs> Y'all are whack. Do not come near me with that shit. <laughs> I'll pray for you. I mean, and that's, I, yeah. that's like a, that's, that, a whole other- that's a whole other episode. Yeah. Because it's, it's worth like breaking down and trying to understand why the conservative party won the reelection like but and not just like how they won but by how much yeah because that was quite terrifying and it's ironic to me that one of their strategies was to take on this blue collar me- uh, message yes and absolutely. be in support of unionization which tells me that they know that supporting social programs and workers actually works and they need to now start indoctrinating these people into their base. So it, it, it is deserving of, a, of an entire episode, but it is related to the state of global affairs today. Yes. No, absolutely. Um, it's just, it's very, very bleak. Like, I think yesterday, I think, I, not that it makes it any easier, but I think to some extent, everyone knew what was coming. It does not make it easier. It doesn't make it easier to handle. It doesn't make it easier to no. to go through. It doesn't make it easier to accept. And it's like your worst fear realized. And that's that's truly how I felt yesterday. I was like, I can't believe that this is the world in which we live. Like, it's shocking to me every day. Yeah. And it continues to shock me. So at least it's consistent in that sense. Um, but it's just very, it's bleak. It's very disheartening. And it feels like no matter what change or how you try to enact change, whether that's through policy, whether that's through frontline action, whether that's through money, whether that's through time, protests, not-for-profits, yeah. electing at different like levels of government, it's the issues and like the systemic oppression is so deeply entrenched mm-hmm. into every level of every single thing. I was having this conversation with my mom where we were talking about how you literally, if you exist, you uphold some sort of like systemic oppression, mm-hmm. literally just by existing because every single institution is in some way, shape or form operating within these like systemic barriers of like, you know, racism or classism or capitalism or white supremacy. Mm -hmm. And it's really disheartening that literally, no matter what you're trying to do, it's so deep. There are people in power that are truly so powerful. It, at the end of the day, doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but in this day, it feels like it does, it never mattered. Yeah. I saw, I saw um, this quote and it was actually, I don't think it was a quote. I think someone was talking about menopause and entering into that stage of life. And this is specific to motherhood and, um, you know, obviously women who can, who can physically bear a child, but they were saying that they entered into menopause really grateful because they were finally able to get their body back for themselves. And it really resonated with me because our 
growing up, you know, women and people who are physically able to birth, your body is never truly your own once you start menstruating. And it is crazy to me that now that Roe versus Wade has been overturned, that my body will never be my own. Even when I go into menopause, even when I go into menopause and I've had kids and um, I'm in that stage of life, my body will never be my own. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's very, it's a very like harrowing thought um, that like women's bodies are always policed and also always regarded as what they can do for others. Yes. Whether having a baby, whether that's like yes. sex, like prostitution is like likely the oldest profession that's ever lived, that's ever existed. Um, and if that doesn't tell you everything it needs yeah. to, I don't know what will. I think like, I think it's also really interesting. Like we, you know, there's so much that we can say about this and we didn't really explore like the topic of sex, but it's interesting that when we do look at sex and we talk about sexual pleasure, that there's less emphasis on men to have and some form of contraception than it is for women. For men, it's, it's framed as like impacting their pleasure, but for women, it's framed as them being responsible and it's framed as, um, you know, like that's the safeguard. If the woman is on contraception, then that's the safeguard. And nobody talks about the impact of hormones on your body. Nobody talks about like, what birth control actually does for you. And like, not to say that contraception is bad and like ever to each their own, like the fact that you would have the ability to choose like uh, in your own right to choose to be on contraception is one thing, but the way that our society looks at women's bodies and like not offers them up for bait, but I, I think you just said it, like we're almost, we're always in service to someone else and not ourselves. Yes. And we didn't talk about sex and, and there's so much that you can say about sex. Yeah. So say that like sex is often centered around the pleasure of men. Men. You can talk about yeah. how the narrative of like a male having a having like a condom is of course that it's gonna hinder his pleasure, but yeah. that he doesn't want to get trapped into having a baby. Yeah. Your life will be ruined. Um but no abortions though, we don't want that. Um and it's just like that I feel like is an episode. I there's so there's so many things that I feel like we can talk about and that we can say and that we can explore because the what's the word I'm looking for? The controlling and like the the way that women's bodies are viewed is so is like pervasive and everything. And actually our original episode was about this too, but in a different way. Yeah. It'll come out the following week. Um, But the control over women's bodies is, I mean, all I can say is that people must know how powerful women's bodies truly are if they feel the need to control it with as much 
fervor and strength as they do.